0: Welcome to The Benny Show, I'm Benny Johnson. We are so proud of the community that we are building here. We thank you so much for your viewership. It is Friday. Oh, what a, another week of hell in Joe Biden's America. If you're looking for a little bit of a reprieve from that, we encourage you to head on over to Parlor.com. Parlor is where we have our exclusive The Left Camp Meme show. This is a show where we show you the memes, and we review the memes, that we wouldn't be able to post anywhere else. You may be watching this on Facebook, YouTube, and you may say, ah, I'd love to see some spicy memes and get a laugh. Well, you can head on over to parlor.com. My page on Parlor has the exclusive show, The Left Camp Meme. We talk about and ridicule the powerful, and it is hilarious. Please head on over to parlor.com, check out my profile and watch The Left Camp Meme exclusively on Parlor every Friday. Parlor, where free speech lives. Now, without further ado, please enjoy this exclusive interview about the new right with Byron Donalds, the absolute badass congressman from the state of Florida. This guy was incredible. I loved sitting down with him. It's amazing to talk to somebody who is just so on fire and is truly the representative of the new right. What are we going to do next? Byron Donalds, this is the future of the Republican party. Take it away. Ladies and gentlemen, joining us now on the show One of the most stylish members of congress one of the freshest members of congress one of the i guess you could say best dressed and best suited to talk about the new right members of congress byron donalds from this great state of florida
1: why is everyone coming to florida why wouldn't you come first of all we got the weather everybody knows that but number two low tax environment that's been consistent but then number three, you can open up a business and get started here. Here's the biggest one. You can be free. And you know that our government's not going to stop you from just living your life. In 2021 and 2022, I've called it the great COVID migration, where people were, wanted to leave their state, but they weren't quite sure. They still had family, my kids in school. But when the schools were locking your kid out, when you couldn't see your family members, they were like, well, why am I even here? And so they've come to Florida. And so what Florida has shown the other 49 states is when you govern based upon principles and based based upon honest science and you get the politics out of it, it actually flourishes and more people want to come. It actually proves Milton Friedman's theory that you can judge public policy by the vote of feet because people will go where they're largely free and can actually live out their dreams. Florida has a really large Hispanic community. Have you ever called these people tacos? No. I might have asked them to make me one though. Because they're good. I mean, listen, man, you make good you make good food. I need some. Listen, if you if you're making up some paella over in Miami, I need some of that. Tacos, all of that, but am I gonna call you one? That's ridiculous. Here's the thing that's crazy. Where I know the media don't want to talk about this. You know Joe Biden read that speech. You know she read it like two, three times before to get the cadence right. I mean she still can't pronounce bodegas. I don't even know. bogadas, or whatever she called them. Bogadas. Bogadas. But we can't get those things on our own. Raul helped build this organization with the understanding that the diversity of this community, as distinct as the Bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in San Antonio. <laughs> As a New Yorker, I'm offended. I'm from Brooklyn, New York. I'm offended by that. That offended me. But that being said, she read the speech three, four times. You know she did. Some staffer in her office wrote it in there thinking they were going to be cute. I thought it was ridiculous, borderline racist, and insane. I don't call people by food groups. Now, if you cook good food, I'm going to ask you to make me some because, you know, I'm I'm a big guy. I like to eat.
0: You've never taken a member of the minority community and then called them a food group. Just want to clear this up
1: no that's the answer I think that's important
0: okay good Jill Biden did absolutely read that and even in her readings of that and you've seen the teleprompters they're like the size of movie screens they're like the size of like the big screen in the middle of Dallas Cowboy Stadium they're huge those teleprompters for the White House she read that and she still couldn't pronounce badaga (laughs) now how long did you live in New York
1: 17 years, born and raised. Okay, And you moved to Florida? Uh, right after college, right after high school. And why? You went were ahead college. of the curve. Yeah. I went to college. Yeah, I went to FAMU for three years, Tallahassee, Florida. Yeah. Highest of Seven Hills. Go Rattlers. And then I transferred to Florida State. I graduated from Florida State, so I'm also a Seminole. I'm blooded. And then from there, I had a choice. It was actually the uh, recession right after 9-11. So it was go back home when New York was still devastated or find another place to get an opportunity. Um, and so I actually followed you know, my girlfriend, who's now my wife. I followed her down to Bonita Springs. There was a bunch of banks and brokerage houses, and everybody was old. I figured, well, I'm young. I can get started here. And it actually ended up being a great decision, and my life took off from there.
0: What do you think about the campaign to put up billboards on the Florida state border that says, sorry, Florida's full, turn around, lib? <laughs> That's just, directed at New Yorkers, it's just, probably. It's just for liberals. Californians.
1: Just for liberals? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm a federalist. So I want people to come and take advantage of Florida. But don't take advantage of Florida. You know you see what I'm saying? I want you to come here and live the life that Florida allows. But don't come here and change Florida to the thing that you left. Because you left for a reason. You know, that's like going into somebody's house and then making the bed your way. You just don't do that. The way they make their bed in their houses, the way they do it, the way they store their food, the way they wash their dishes. That's the way they do it. When you go to somebody else's house, you, when, you know, what's the old saying? When in Rome do as the Romans do. When in Florida do as Floridians have done. We've been under Republican control for 30 years. We're the envy of the United States of America. Look, Ron DeSantis is amazing. He's America's governor. I call him that all the time. I think he's great. He's fantastic but we have consistent Republican and conservative leadership in our state for 30 years. That's how you create a state that is the envy of the other 49.
0: Let's say you're walking down the street and you see Paul Pelosi wobbling and wandering out of a bar and he offers to give you a ride home. Would you get in his car? Let's say Hunter Biden offered to take your laptop to the repair shop. Would you let him? Of course not, because you're a smart person. So why would you let Hunter Biden's father and Paul Pelosi's wife, Nancy and Joe, run your bank account. Of course you wouldn't. Why are you trusting these people to manage your money? They are doing a horrific job of it, and you can see the signs of that all around the country. Inflation is going insane. Inflation is real. The real CPI is at another 40-year high. The recession is real. They're lying to you. There is a recession, and if your money is tied up in the U.S. dollar, then you are messing with fire. You are getting inside of that passenger seat with Paul Pelosi at the wheel slurring his words. It's critical for you to take a hard look right now at your families value income and savings and say wait a second it's time to diversify gold and silver is what i suggest through my friends at birch gold text benny to 989898 to get a free information kit on how to diversify your savings with precious metals birch gold has an a plus rating from the better business bureau and countless five-star reviews i myself have used birch gold and i now have some of my savings diversified into actual literal physical gold that i can hold in my hand and it is a wonderful feeling ladies and Gentlemen. Text Benny to 989898 to get a Birch Gold info kit today and start learning about real value. Yo, nobody wants Amber Heard to break in and make their bed. No one wants it. And that's what Californians I think are doing. They're okay with poop on the streets.
1: Man, that's crazy. I- you shook me when you said
0: Amber. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so, I, it's just, it's, it's culture. I'm sorry. It's culture. Culture is also this, AOC. Yeah. Now, AOC is your- she culture? AOC is your, your colleague. Yeah, sure. And she demonstrated this week something really sophisticated and really cool. Now, you and I have known each other. We've been friendly. We've known each other. You come on the show. We've talked a little bit. And you never told me, hurt my feelings a little bit, you never told me once that Congress has access to invisible handcuffs. Now, AOC demonstrated this with some of her friends this week. Right. Here I go on social media, and I'm looking at invisible handcuffs, invisible handcuffs. This is some space-age shit. Whoa. How, do, how does Congress have access to this kind of technology? Uh, can you explain this?
1: Um, we don't. <clears throat> first things first, don't be a poser. If you want to get arrested, go get arrested. The truth of the matter is nobody actually goes seeking handcuffs. This is why usually people are running away. They don't want to be in cuffs. So don't come out there with your smirk and actually pose her. Don't, no, don't pose. I thought what she did was ridiculous. If you want to go protest, go protest, that's fine. But if you want to go make a scene and be arrested, then just let the police drag you off the thing. Like go all the way. Don't just get, don't sit up and just start walking away so you can wave to the crowd. That's posing as far as I'm concerned.
0: Ilhan Omar did that. She, she got, she arrested herself.
1: How did, okay. Wait, that was in the street in public view. I'm gonna stop right there, I'm not gonna go no further. Anyway, when you pose like this, everybody, nobody takes you seriously. You're not, you're not a fighter. Fighting for what? All you're doing is fighting for the camera. You're fighting for clicks. That's not real to me, especially growing up the way I grew up. Nobody was running around looking to get arrested by the police. That's like the opposite of what everybody was trying to do. We're trying to stay away as far away from the police as possible. So to actually go in there just so you can make a point or make a statement or show that you're some fighter, no, what, you, what it shows is that you're a poser. Have you ever
0: disagreed with something and decided to lay down on the street?
1: No. Because I like my clothes. <laughs> and if, you know, if I disagree with it, something tells me lying down on the street is not going to help me prove my point. I don't do that kind of stuff.
0: They were lying down in front of the Supreme Court. Yeah. Now we got our, our Clarence Thomas, thug life. Clarence Thomas like is getting a lot of hate. Yeah. He's, been, he's always gotten a lot of hate. Yeah. From the BLM crowd. What's going on there? What does Clarence Thomas mean to you, and what's going on with the actual left? They're calling people tacos. They're doing
1: nat- horrible stuff to Clarence. What's going on? Clarence Thomas was the first, realistically. He's the first in the modern era of politics to go against the narrative, and they've been vilifying him ever since George H.W. Bush nominated him for the court. But he don't care. And you know why he doesn't care? Because if you actually get a chance to either talk with him or or, uh, see the documentary that uh, he made about his life, which is incredible, incredible documentary. It talks about that actually when he was in in college, he was a, a liberal. He was kind of a radical liberal in college, going into college, until he saw the reality of some of those proposals, really started thinking about it, really started doing the history, really started studying for himself, thinking for himself, realized that he was actually a constitutionalist. He is the pioneer in the black conservative movement, the modern black conservative movement. He's taken the slings and arrows so that people like me can come along and be able to walk that path and not take as much heat as he took. But I got to tell you, <clears throat> there are many, many black Americans, black men who are starting to see the world the way Clarence Thomas sees the world. And are not going to sit there and, and listen about listen to people on Twitter, you know, because Dave Chappelle says it doesn't exist and he's right that they're not going to listen to people on Twitter say this and that about you. I don't listen. I don't really care. Because you know what I say? If you really feel strongly enough, you'll come say it to my face.
0: But I don't, I don't think you will. Can you unpack that? You said there's a lot of black men who's going to see the way Clarence Thomas. Right. That, that is probably a very incendiary statement to the left. That There's nothing that they would want less right. than black men to see the, way,
1: the <laughs> world the way Clarence Thomas sees the world. Right. Unpack that. Why is that happening? I think because you have a lot of black men who saw who've realized that the Democrat agenda, the Marxist agenda, doesn't work. The reality has hit everybody in the face now. They know it doesn't work. They're looking for an alternative. <clears throat> Republicans have just done a, a terrible job of providing an alternative. You know, Republicans argue policy like we're in a think tank room or we're in some UN model UN debate. That's not how you argue politics to people who never really consume politics. They're intelligent, but politics isn't their thing. So you have to meet them where they are, not just argue with it like you're having some, you know, some debate on Capitol Hill. That's not the way you get the job done. I think that when these policies come out from our side of the aisle, you compare them to what the left has actually done. Black men, first and foremost, are going to be like, man, this thing doesn't work. Black men, man, we're, we're bred to hustle. We're bred to go get it, to go work hard. From when we were young kids, our mothers were always like, you've got to work twice as hard as everybody else to get ahead. That's what you've got to do. Life and fair, get over it. Nobody cares about your feelings, grow up, be a man and do what needs to be done. But then when you come into a world where you see policies that actually go in opposite of things that are gonna help you be successful, you're not gonna stand for that for very long, you're not. And I think the other thing is, is that, especially where the Republican Party is going right now, where you have men and women who are basically like, I'm gonna tell, it, tell the truth, I'm gonna tell it straight, I'm gonna go accomplish things, I don't care what the media says, People respond to that. Black men respond to that. So
0: what is going to happen in the Republican Party? You said the Republican Party has been terrible on this. Oh, yeah. You would. You are a, a, a member of what people call online the new right.
1: Yeah.
0: And that seems like sort of a new generation of Republicans that are okay talking about something like this, maybe moving the needle, because I think the Republican Party spent a billion dollars or whatever on... The black vote in 2020 didn't move the needle. The Platinum Plan, I don't know who named that, but didn't move the needle necessarily. At least as far as I can see. So the new right, how do you fix it?
1: Well, I think first and foremost, you know, if you look at some of the data points, it moved the needle some. I think the thing to understand about when you go in and seek a new group of voters, it doesn't happen overnight. I'm glad the party invested in 2020. Now go do it again. They are, by the way. You have to be consistent. If you're going to build a relationship with a community, you just don't show up and be like, hey, it's me. You know, here's some money. Here's some money. <laughs> we throwing it around. Vote for me. Look at my policy plan. No, that, It doesn't work that way. you got to consistently show up. And when you do that work, then that needle moves. You know, you know what I'm saying? That's how you move a needle. It's not a one-shot deal. It is consistency over time, time under pressure, time under thought. Makes people say, you know what? I might have to go deal with Benny. I think Benny's telling me the right thing. When you started your show, you didn't just do one and be like, oh, look, Ma, I made it. I did one show. What did you do? Show after show after show after show after show. Why? Consistency breeds people taking and saying, you know what, man, let me go on Benny's show. Let me go deal with him. We got to do the same thing in the party. I'm glad the Republican Party spent that money. Now do it again. And so you have people like myself, like Burgess, like Tim Scott. We got Wesley Hunt coming in Texas. Wesley's coming to Congress. We think John James is coming to Congress. We think Jennifer Ruth Green in Indiana, she's coming to Congress. LaRon Singletary up in uh, Rochester, New York, we think he's coming to Congress. George Logan in Connecticut, we think he's coming to Congress. You're going to have like seven, eight of us standing in the House well looking at each other like, okay, RNC, go spend the money. When you do this consistently over time, people respond. You can't build a relationship with a community just by showing up to church home on Sunday. They don't even know who you are. They might have think you got lost. But if you come Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, if you're there time after time after time, the community starts talking. They be like, Man, man, these Republicans are back again. Again? Yeah. You know what? Let me think about what they're saying. That's the dam that's got to break. And that only happens with consistency.
0: Something that won't surprise you at all is that I am addicted to my cell phone. Why? Well, because I run a digital news company and at The Benny Show, we have 10 employees and they need to be online and their service needs to work and we need to make a profit to keep in business. So I have got to be balancing my budget as well. So how do you stay online and balance a budget, especially in these tight economic times? Use Pure Talk. We use Pure Talk at The Benny Show. It is the official sponsor of The Benny Show and their service is incredible. It is the most reliable 5G network in America. And for just 30 bucks, you can get talk, text, and data on America's best Network And with the code Benny, you get 50% off your first month. Most families save around 75 bucks by switching over to Pure Talk. That's like a tank of gas. And who couldn't use an extra tank of gas in Joe Biden's America? So go over to puretalkusa.com and use the code Benny to get 50% off your new cell service today. And if you need one more reason to do it, you provide American jobs by doing this. Pure Talk is run by a United States military veteran is their ceo man they want america to win and you will win if you switch to pure talk today use the code benny to get 50% off there's nothing more cringe than watching kamala harris go to a black church and give some speech and some like cackle speech about something and and and, and everyone's
1: like yeah she was she's bad at it. You know who was worse? Hillary Clinton. But she would go, I ain't no way tired. I don't feel no ways tired. I, I ain't what? No ways tired. What are you doing, lady? <laughs> like lady, what are you doing? Like anyway. Yeah, Kamala is not really good at this. You know, I think that um
0: Yeah, your take.
1: I just don't think she's very good at this. I think here's what I, in my honest opinion. I think she isn't I think she's highly intelligent. But I think in some respects, her political star, if you will, has gone so high so fast. She's never really had to like get in the lab and really, you know, work out the kinks, really work on your craft, really work on who you are. I think the nervous laugh is, I don't think she is fully comfortable with who she is. So that's where the nervous laugh comes from. I don't know her, I'm just surmising from what I've seen. But I think to a larger point, She's indicative of where the Democrat Party, in, in my view, has gone, that it's about your your identity, your demographics, as opposed to your intelligence and your policy and the ability to actually get it done. And so the Democrat Party now is all fluff, all pomp, all circumstance, all show. But there ain't no go. That's why we got members of Congress who got invisible handcuffs. It's all show but there's no go because when they actually put their stuff into place, it's a disaster for the American people. And listen, and people in California, when she was a G, a lot of black men, that remember her. She was locking brothers up left and right. And was cackling about it. Even Tulsi Gabbard had to, had to, had to, you know, she had the stones to tell the truth, but that's what happened in California. And so I think that she's a person where she's going so fast, so hard, so high, you know, that's, in her career, cool for you, but I don't think she's ready for prime time. She hasn't had that ability to really hone her skills.
0: You brought it up, so i got to get your take on this. I mean, she, she locked up hundreds of thousands yeah. of people, a lot of them, majority, minority probably, in that group, black, young black men, for like a, a, a bud of weed in their pocket. And then she goes on The Breakfast Club, brags about smoking weed, cackles about smoking weed.
1: Also, and I know the answer to this too, they say you oppose legalizing weed. That's not true. I know.
0: <laughs> and, and, and look, I joke
1: about it. half joking. I have
0: my family's from Jamaica. Are you kidding me? <laughs>
1: <laughs> They'd be so mad but, at you. Have you ever smoked? I have. Okay. Like and college, I and did I inhale. inhale? I didn't. I did inhale. inhale okay.
0: <laughs> it was a long time ago. <laughs>
1: no, <laughs> but yes. I know you have to go. They say you have to go. I just want to. I ask. just broke loose. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, was it in college? Uh huh. See, see, I like stuff like that. That's a real honey. Yeah, real. Was it a blunt uh, joint? It was a joint. Hey! Yeah. Do you remember the high
0: <laughs> I do.
1: So, if it was legalized all throughout the country <laughs> and medicinal, would you, you know, do it? Listen, again? I
0: think that it gives a lot of people joy, and we need more <laughs> joy. We need more joy in this world. <laughs> I mean, that's got to be one of the most insulting things. It is. Happen in politics.
1: It is. It is insulting. And it's insulting, number one, because if that's what your position is, then keep your position. The thing that's more insulting is the hypocrisy behind it now. She was all for law and order when law and order was cool. But then when the radical left said, no, we're done with law and order, then she's talking about defunding the police and and then doing the the GoFundMes to bail people out of jail. Like, be who you're going to be. Be consistent. That's what people respect. Don't just float with the wind. That's Joe Biden's problem. The man's never been consistent a day in his life. He doesn't know what to do. So there is no true north with him. He's wherever the middle of the republic of the excuse me, the Democrat Party is. That's where he is. He's, you know, I think Ben Shapiro said he's like a cork that floats in the ocean. It's where it was going. That's where Joe Biden is. That's her problem too. Not consistent. If you're going to be law and order AG, be law and order AG. But don't flip flop on us. Be consistent. I think that's where most people have found their fault with her is that she's too worried about what the politics dictate as opposed to doing what is right on behalf of people. Look, in the black community, do we want people who are doing wrong to be arrested? Yeah, because we don't want you doing wrong and consistently being in the community and bringing upheaval. People got to go to school, you know, people got to open their businesses, people trying to be safe in their communities. The other thing that the black community wants is that we want the justice system to be stand up and to be fair. We don't want prosecutors in the back cutting deals because that happens. Let's just be 100%. You have prosecutors who will cut deals depending on choosing who they want to prosecute. And that's wrong too. So we want the justice system to work. We want it to be fair. We want it to be equitable. If you can do that, black people will be like, okay, that's fine. Because if so-and-so does wrong, they gotta be held accountable. That's it. What is the new right? I think the new right is just committed to policy. It's committed to policy, but it understands the desire for populism. And it understands where, when you have to engage with populism. I think the new right is still conservative. I think the, the new right is still constitutional, constitutionally based. But the new right has a far better grasp of populism, a far better grasp of the culture than I would say the old right used to have. This is why sometimes the old right will get caught and get comfortable in the rooms that were just cool and they would you would never see new people show up because the reality is most americans are engaged in their lives not in politics and so you really have to go to where they are you have to meet them where they are you know jesus did not just hang out in the synagogue all day that's great with the pharisees and even they were you know they were funky we all know that he didn't just hang out in the synagogues he went to where people were The new right is going to where people are. The policies are consistent and it's about reality. It's not falling in love with, oh, less taxes, less government, more freedom. That sounds cool. But what does it mean? What does it mean in the life of a young black kid in inner city Tampa? What does it mean in the life of a poor white kid in Iowa? What does it mean in the life of a of a of a poor Mexican immigrant parents came here legally? He immigrated five years old. What does it mean in his life? How are they going to grow themselves? What does that mean for the future of the country? Is the country going to continue to be the best in the world? That's what the new right is focused on. And the bedrock of all of that still has to be the U.S. Constitution.
0: Byron Donald, ladies and gentlemen, fantastic.